Hello and welcome to Library Staff Love Learning. Five minutes before we're due to start, I'm just going to try and make sure that I have all my um, speakers with me. So if you are going to join us, just hang fire and we will start um, the session at seven o'clock. Hello, Crystal. Lovely. Okay, Crystal, I need you to um, request to speak for me, please. Lovely. That's one speaker done. I can. Hi. Perfect. Hi. Brilliant. Hello, and thank you for joining me. It's um, it's always good when you when at least one speaker arrives. That's always <laughs> Not a problem. Shall I put myself on mute? Yes. Yes, please. While I get everybody else sorted, right, um, Ruth, that's good. Is there so Ruth and Rachel? Lovely. I'm gonna add you. Okay, so can I just check that I can hear Ruth? Hello, how are you? Hi, Elizabeth. I'm fine. How are you? Perfect. I'm great. Okay, I'm just gonna try and make you co-host. So that's that one done. Um, and Rachel, can I just check that I can hear you speaking? Can you hear me? I can. Hi, Rachel. Thank you. That's so good. You're very quiet, Elizabeth. I don't know if that's a problem at my end. But... Okay, I will. Is that a bit better? You're okay for me, Elizabeth. Is that what was that? You're a perfect Still volume. Okay, so I'm all right with Ruth apparently, and it's just with you. So maybe Rachel, you can. Okay, start. I'll fiddle around with my settings. Okay, lovely. So can I just get you to put yourself on mute? Perfect. Sabrina, good evening. I can see you too. Are you with me, Sabrina? I know you're just as listener so far. So Sabrina, if you want to join me, you need to request to speak. Corinne, I've just seen you jump on. Can I get you to request to speak as well, please? Oh, and the person that looks like Kamal, I think that might be Bryony. So can you request to speak as well? And I'll get you. Okay, there we go. Let's have. Right, so have I got. I've got Corinne. Can you let me say hello to me to make sure I can hear you? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Uh, I can. That's perfect. Brilliant. Fabulous. Okay. <laughs> We're nearly there. Right, put yourself back on mute for a second. So it's just I've got I've got Crystal, I've got Corinne, I've got Rachel, I've got Ruth, and I have Sabrina. Sabrina, I've, I'm going to try and make you co-host. Um, Bryony, I still need you to request to speak, please. Elizabeth, if I could just say it goes really quiet when I request to speak. So I don't know if I could do that later on or. Oh, OK. All right. Um, yes, you can. We can do it that way if you like. Um, uh, yes. All right. So if you're struggling to hear, then put your take yourself off speaker. And when it's your turn, I will invite you back in. If that helps. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so I still haven't got Briny. Um, I don't know whether you're having trouble or not, but do you want to see if you can request to speak for me? Aha, there you go. Perfect. Hello, 
Right, Bryony, can I just hear, see if you can hear me? Yeah, that that should be working now. Sorry. That's perfect. No, 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 that's good. Right, I have everybody, but I haven't got... Who was it that said that they couldn't hear me very well? Was that Rachel? I can't remember now. Oh, okay. We'll work it out anyway. So um, we are almost there. Um, a little bit of housekeeping first. Um, I'll do a little bit of um, preamble and um, uh, introduce everybody or the topic. Um, at the bottom of your screen, you have a what looks like a speech bubble. You can actually send messages directly to um, the chat that we're on so it all stays in one place so if somebody's saying something that you really like and you don't want to join in and speak you can just add a message Sabrina has already um, <laughs> said hello on it which is great so that bit is working hopefully um, if you want to um, show your appreciation laugh or cry at whatever we're saying then there's a um, an icon that's like a heart shape at the bottom of your screen if you press that, it gives you an opportunity to um, make silly expressions like 100% and put your thumbs up. Yes, perfect. People are doing that. That's good. Um, and apart from that, we just have fun. Um, it's a really interesting topic, topic tonight. I'm looking forward to talking to you all. So I'm going to take a deep breath because we record this and um, we'll start in a few seconds Um just so that we we have a starting point. Right. Good evening. Welcome to Library Staff Love Learning um, on the 7th of November. Um, we're talking tonight about educating and training our library educators. When Ruth and I um, were discussing this topic um, and Sabrina a while ago, we were trying to sort of work out what it was that we should be discussing. Chartership comes to mind because it's something that I have done. The degree we've done. Um, and and I met Crystal at the um, SILIP conference. And it just seemed that, you know, it's about time for us to be discussing about how school librarians, because we are interested particularly about school librarians, how school librarians become qualified. A lot of them find themselves um, in libraries, in school libraries, without a qualification. And as much as that is perfectly all right, because we believe that people can upskill in lots of different ways, we just wanted to put it out there this evening that there are so many different options and we don't claim to be experts. I think that's one thing that we do need to say. I'm a, an independent trainer and advisor having worked in schools library service for, for many years. Um, Sabrina is a school librarian, Ruth is a school librarian. So what we tend to do on these sessions is we invite people who know far more than we do about the topic that we've decided to talk about. So I'm going to start off, because it was Crystal for me that started this session up off um, I'd like to invite Crystal in just to introduce herself slightly and tell us a little bit about the apprenticeship scheme that has started. And I have to um, admit, Crystal, I know very little, so you're going to be teaching me a lot this evening, I'm sure. So would you just like to unmute yourself and, and just introduce yourself? That would be great. 
Certainly. Good evening, everyone. I really hope you can hear me. Um, my name is Crystal Vittles. I'm the Deputy Chief Executive of Suffolk Libraries, which is, as you guessed, based in Suffolk. Um, and I'd quite like to preface this by saying I started my career as a school librarian. So you are kind of my people. I have lots of love for you guys. <laughs> and <laughs> the other thing to say, I suppose, is I came into the sector quite by accident. I professionalised in a very roundabout kind of way. And so um, when Elizabeth asked me to do this, I was really excited um, because, you know, this this could be slightly um, risky me saying this, but I've always felt that, you know, in the past particularly, the profession, there was quite a lot of gatekeeping around professionalisation um, with libraries and library services. And there was a very traditional route into it. And that that's not always very inclusive for people because everyone's got different things going on in their lives. And you can't always do a degree or a master's, etc., to reach that level Absolutely. of professionalisation. So the level three, very excited about. So what it is, it's um, an apprenticeship standard, uh, it's a pathway that SILIP developed, Suffolk Libraries was part of this, and that was to expand the sector and give people uh, new and more inclusive routes into professionalisation, as I said. Um, and like I said, you know, this is about um, providing access for people and widening it. Um, and SILIP, you know, have been great over the last several years. They've really listened to the sector about this and responded appropriately through a variety of ways, one of which was the expanded way, way to achieve chartership, which I know someone's going to be talking about. And more recently, it was the development of the Level 3 Apprenticeship Standard. And in fact, I'm actually part of the Trailblazer Group who are working to write the Level 7 Standard, which is very exciting stuff. And I'm, I'm learning even more stuff about my own profession, which is just so wonderful. <laughs> um, um, to give you yeah. just a, re a really quick overview um, of what the level three is, um, there is there's a lot involved in it. You can go online and look at this. But the broad purpose of the learning journey and a person to attain level three will have to do or be able to display um, the following to a high professional standard. So I'm just going to read this out to you all. So understanding the needs of people using information in all its formats, including digital, which we know as ebooks, video files, etc., and analog slash physical, so books, journals, newspapers. You also need to be able to show that you can organise and manage those information resources, including arranging and displaying the resources, marketing and promoting the resources, and providing access to those resources. And finally, provide a range of services such as libraries, archive, knowledge, customer service, learning support, etc., that help people to use and value the resources available. So like I said, the level three is much more involved than those three top bullet points. But I think they just give a really good flavour of what that level three is looking to achieve. And like I said, there are a number of really interesting and involved duties which you can develop and hone to get that level three standard. And I think it really is worth delving into the Institute of Apprenticeships and Technical Education website where you can actually go on there and really see those all laid out. And I'm sure Elizabeth can probably put a link to that um, as a follow up. Certainly. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's fascinating that something like apprenticeships has suddenly come come become available. I think it's it, it sounds really exciting um is it something that you can do when you're working full-time what does it look like that way absolutely so the level three can absolutely be done while you're either working full-time or part-time the real key to it is that your employer works with you to create time away from the shop floor or away from timetable the minimum number of hours you need to work is 16 
And then once you've got that in place, your employer must be willing to release you for up to 20% of your work time. And so what that does, that allows um, for you to complete the apprenticeship pathway within 18 months. Although I will say that doesn't include the endpoint assessment, which I could be wrong. I think it's up to three months for that endpoint assessment. And how that's done is in a variety of ways. There's a presentation, there's a portfolio. Um, and I will say the endpoint assessment can only take place once the employer is satisfied and the training provider is satisfied, the apprentice is working to the standard required. Because then once you put yourself onto that final pathway, it's SILIP who become the endpoint assessment organisation. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a it's quite a lot of time released away from work by the sounds of things. Yeah, it, it, it is really involved it could, because it's really hands-on. Um it's all portfolio based, you know, and also you're going out and, and learning from people. So I only understand it really how this works in a public library context so my colleagues who are on this pathway at the moment we release them for 20 percent, and they'll go off and spend time at the stock unit or they'll come and spend time with me um you know who's working in the central team who's working strategically you know so they're kind of moving about a lot and just using that time to learn but you're right it is it's a big commitment so do you know as far as school librarians are concerned how do you know how it would work for 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 us <laughs> because, <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> because, because it's quite a different I think I can really see that um if you're working in a public library you know when I did it sounds it's it's probably nothing like it but it sounds a bit like the city and gills that I did way back mm. when um and we were given release and time off to be able to to go and visit I think it was the first time that I went to visit the Boston um uh li- the library at Boston what's the what's <laughs> my brain my brain's gone um the but anyway a, a big library in, Bro- in boston that i was supposed to look at um it, it was but it was that kind of release that allowed us to do that mm. um presumably the pathway looks slightly different for school librarians because they would end up having to go and visit different places or uh, is there a mentorship that goes with this? I'm not really sure how it works. So it's a bit different to chartership, which in itself is much more self-directed learning. Whereas with the pathway, you are working with a training provider. So even if you're a lone school librarian, you still have that... I don't want to say teacher, that's not the right word, but you have that support mechanism through the learning provider who's working with you and can help set up those opportunities, can talk through the options. And without knowing or having the context of the school libraries at this point, um, my advice would be, you know, can they go and work with their local public library service? Or is there a university nearby? Or is there a hospital nearby because of health libraries? So I think there are lots of options there, but the key is that 20% off the job. And so they can go and explore those options. Okay, sounds fascinating, Crystal. Thank you for for introducing it. Ruth did have her hand up a second ago. She's removed it now. Did you want to ask a question, Ruth? No, only to say I investigated it because I was hoping to persuade my school that I could have an assistant, a library assistant or an assistant librarian, whichever way around it is, um, and thought that an apprenticeship might be a good way to persuade them to do it because, of course, financially, it's very beneficial to them. When I spoke to the apprenticeship provider, it seems to me that it isn't because it's not a school librarianship apprenticeship. Mm. It, the off time, you know, the out of school work 
could be done in all sorts of places. And I have seen schools advertising for apprentices where they don't have a librarian. So in order to staff their library, they are looking for an apprentice, Oof. which is an awful, I mean, in my opinion, an awful situation. <laughs> I wouldn't be the apprentice in that situation. And I, I think it's entirely wrong of the school, but therefore it makes me think that the uh, mentoring is uh, and the off-site stuff is done in all sorts of different libraries all over the place. I completely agree, Ruth. And one of the things that I wrote down to myself when I was making notes about this is my advice for a school librarian is to find a network of people who are also undertaking the level three. And I think SILIP are definitely there to help that or your local SLS because they have that knowledge, don't they, of what's going on with school library staff. So while mentorship may not be a formal thing, you, you can find it in informal ways. Absolutely. So, so. I, I, sorry, Ruth, you want, do you want to come back? No, 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 that's fine. No. That's fine. <laughs> um, so that has kicked us off brilliantly, Crystal. Thank you so much um, for, for starting us off. If you hear anything else that you want, you know, I'll probably invite you back in to, to talk some more. Um, but I want to give my other speakers a bit of a chance to talk. So um, I'm really excited that we have got um, uh, Bryony on the line tonight. Um, so... Um, I will let her introduce herself, but it's she is a um, a supervisor for the de for the uh, the degree option. Um, so I'm not doing a very good job, Bryony. Do you want to come on in and and tell us a little bit about yourself and and the course that you currently support? Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, so I'm at the University of Sheffield in the Information School, and I have been working for a number of years on two of our master's programs in particular. So one of those is the master's or PG diploma in librarianship and one is the master's or PG diploma in library and information services management. So my role is essentially as a as a, an academic uh, teaching on these programs um, both and they both they cover both distance learning and uh, campus based options. Yeah, so so, um, I I you know the degree option is obviously something that 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 um potential librarians will will come onto your course, um, mm. in order to to obviously go into any any areas of of librarianship. Does your course yes. currently um uh do anything specifically for school librarians? It certainly does. Um, yeah. So we have. Um, so all students, so if you start the, if you take the librarianship campus-based degree or the library and information services management distance learning degree, all students will be introduced to um, a number of sectors in the first part of their degree. So if, if you're doing it in one year, that will be the first semester. If you're doing it in as a part-time student while you're working, then that will be in the, the first year. So then you will be introduced to public libraries, school libraries, um, academic libraries, including HEFE, prison libraries, health libraries, national libraries. So then, so you'll have that kind of broad overview. So if you're, if you're from a school library's background, you'll have an opportunity to contribute to the discussion and, and, and we, you know, we regularly 
in class will ask you to contribute your own experiences if that's where you're working. If you're interested in moving into school libraries or, of course, you know, developing your, your knowledge, your skills in this area, then you have the option of specialising in um, the second semester or second year if you're doing it part time. And then you can focus, you know, in more depth on school libraries. Um, you can also... Um, so there's sort of three ways to specialise, really. So that's that's one to take that kind of route with your module choice. Then there's the option of choosing coursework that relates to to school libraries. So, you know, this won't apply to every single module because some modules will be about, for example, you know, things like looking at database design information organisation. But in terms of sector related material, you can focus you can choose to focus on school libraries. And then probably the main way in which you can really develop this work is with your dissertation. So then you can um, choose an area of work that is very specific. If, if you're currently working in a school library, it can be developed, you know, very much workplace based. If you are interested in moving into school libraries, then it's an excellent vehicle to use to position yourself when you apply for jobs because then you will have you know you might have for example collected data from school libraries you might have um, interviewed some school library staff you might have surveyed people or observed people's practice and all of those things will really help you to well to, to know if this is the sector for you to learn more about it um, and then to um see how you fit essentially so there are different yeah different ways in which you can specialize certainly so do you do you uh, you probably it's a probably random question do you know roughly <laughs> how many people um who start on a on a degree course will you know what is the percentage do you know of people that go off into school libraries these days it's that it, it is a really interesting question and and i am i am always interested in which direction students take so um Corin who is on this call will know my own bias towards um public and school libraries so it's you know I'm always trying to sort of tease students over to that dark side of you know the areas <laughs> that I'm interested in because it is true um that many students will come onto the course if they already have experience, many students will have worked in academic libraries and or will be interested in going into um, HE academic libraries. Yeah. So, you know, my interest is always trying to get people um, to, you know, as enthusiastic as possible about the, the two sectors I particularly love. And, you know, so working with children and young people is a key area of my teaching, but also public libraries. Um, and so, you know, school libraries fits beautifully with both of those because of the partnerships and collaborative working and all of those kind of things. Absolutely. So they, it, it's, yeah, it, it is. So, so in, yeah, sorry, in answer to your question, I would say not many students come to us having worked in school libraries on the campus-based programme but quite a lot of our distance learning students are currently working in school libraries. Um, so it's the distance learning degree is, is the obvious way because of the way of, you know, working in a school library. Um, currently, it's the obvious way of, of learning, of studying, because you can stay in, in your work and um, study remotely, catch up at weekends, um, 
hopefully attend some live sessions during the week. But if not, it's not a disaster. You can still keep going on the programme. Absolutely. It's, it's funny because that is the way that I did it. So I I, I got my degree distance learning. Mm. I'm afraid I'm afraid with a different university. <laughs> no, no, that is fine. I think I think there's an assumption that we're all, you know, really competitive. But honestly, in this climate, I would, you know, I would say it's actually very important to choose the degree that fits you. And it might not be Sheffield, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's the thing. So there are different types of distance learning degrees. So, yeah. Other really good ones exist. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, while you're there, one of the questions that comes to mind is that school librarianship is is in a really bad place at the moment. Um, as far as schools not employing qualified librarians and wanting to really pay low level salary yeah. for a for a for a basic job as opposed to the job that a professionally qualified librarian could do and you know some of that seems to be because schools don't understand what qualified school librarians can do yeah. um it must be very difficult from your perspective to try and encourage students into that profession because of that do you find that that's the case yeah and i and i think I, again i would say ask you know ask the the student on the call or the, the yeah. former student on the call but but certainly I do try and be to be honest um, and, you know, I, I never pretend that things are easy. In fact, you know, I'm often apologising for the bleakness of some of the material. Um, yeah. But, I mean, we just need to be honest about this. And also, um, Crystal made a really good point before about the, you know, the gatekeeping. I think that historically that that is true, that was true. And I, I think now... We just need to be much more flexible and acknowledge that there are different routes into the the career. But what at the at the same time at the same time the really important bit is to recognise it, you know, for the very skilled work it is. And so, yeah, clearly, you know, one of the main dissertation topics that I've supervised over the last twenty years has been, um, you know, school library staff essentially how they work with schools and how they convince schools of the validity of their work and the importance of their work so it's clearly a major major concern for for those currently working in school libraries or planning to absolutely absolutely i've just spotted that ruth's got a hand up do you want to come back in ruth ruth <laughs> Sorry, Are you still there? Sorry. Yes, I am. Sorry. Um, really, I was just thinking about it was really interesting to hear you talk because I did my degree face to face back in the day, 2000 and something or other, uh, early 2000s. And I was at City and I looked at Sheffield um, mm. at the time and I didn't really know, you know, I was living in London. I'd done my graduate traineeship at Oxford. I, yeah. I was kind of choosing on geographical basis rather than yeah. really understanding about the course. But interestingly, City didn't have any components that I remember there being a health libraries course, but I don't remember there being a school libraries course. Or maybe my mind wasn't focused there because me and most of my colleagues at the time had all come from commercial firms and I went and worked for law firms um, and most of them were doing that kind of thing they were going into property you know commercial property firms and being the librarian there or law firms and I wonder whether that's still the case are those 
is there a sort of is that is that the thing that city the course at city is much more commercial and and that sheffield is more academic you know more academic libraries or school libraries is that i think i think there is there are some school uh, sorry there are some um library schools as they used to be called or you know information science departments that have, in those days yeah. they have particular kind of leanings certainly and that will depend on the the you know the staff who are employed there at the time so yeah people people know that when when they come to Sheffield so when I did my degree at Sheffield my um, master's Bob Usherwood was you know running the public library side and so that was what what it was known for and it it will always depend on those kind of things but um, I yeah I don't know I, I would like to say that whichever school you go to whichever department you go to you can there will still be specializing options but certainly there won't necessarily be a module that that specifically support school libraries um but there will definitely be coverage of school libraries whichever course you go to it just depends on you know the the extent of the specialism thank you so so corin i've just noticed i was just going to invite you in but i realized that you're still a a listener rather than a speaker so i'm going to invite you in to speak can i just get you to request to speak again for me and i so i can bring you back in and while we're waiting for corin to do that um, I just want to introduce, oh, no, Rachel as well is also a listener. Can I get you to, to request to speak as well? Um, and we'll bring you, I'm just going to put Corin on now. Hopefully Corin can speak. Is Corin with me? Corin, can you speak? Yes. Hello, can you hear me? The Perfect. Okay. Brilliant. So Corin, Corin, I met at, um, again, at the Silip conference. It was one of those um, moments where you're going to have your lunch and there's nowhere to sit and nobody that you can spot that you know. And I spotted these three young ladies sitting on a, on a table and I asked I, if I could join them. And I got talking to them about what they were up to and they were all students. Um, I had the most fascinating hour chatting to them. It was the best hour ever. Um, but I was telling them about my Twitter Spaces chats and Corin maybe regretting it now, but she said that she would be interested in joining me. And hence, she's here this evening. So, so Corin, can you just tell me a little bit about the course that you're currently on and, and, and why you chose it? Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Corin. Um, I actually use they, them pronouns. Um, and I've just finished my master's, actually. So I've just completed the course uh, in librarianship at the University of Sheffield. And I studied that full-time for a year and I was actually physically on campus for it um, and Bryony was the supervisor for my dissertation but yeah I pretty much chose the degree route I mean it wasn't necessarily a choice so much as it just seemed to be the obvious route like before like deciding how to get into librarianship I spoke to librarians and that just seemed to be the accepted way to become a qualified librarian that's what was recommended to me I was only kind of vaguely aware of apprenticeships. Um, So in terms of actually choosing to go the degree route, it was just kind of the obvious path that I took. It wasn't necessarily a conscious choice. Um, And in terms of choosing Sheffield, uh, it it was just looking at the course and seeing what I thought would fit best with my interests. I I like the broad variety of modules and options that Sheffield offered. 
but there wasn't like that much in it it wasn't that I was like yes at Sheffield that's that's the standout course um you know having just listened to that conversation uh, <laughs> it was just kind of like it seems like the right place it feels like it appeals to me um but yeah I think broadly speaking as I was looking at courses they all seemed kind of equal uh, and what was it about librarianship that made you want to do a degree in it Okay, this is going to make me sound a little bit sad, <laughs> but I've actually <laughs> always wanted to be a librarian. I remember back in um, in middle school, because we're still on the three-tier system here, we're backwards, um, I did a business studies class, and they made us write out like what we wanted to do for a career and how we would get there. And I wanted to be a librarian, and I toddled off to my local library, and I spoke to the librarian there, and I was like, how do I become a librarian? And this is what they told me. They said, oh, you do an undergrad, and then you do a postgraduate qualification in librarianship. Um, and that's kind of always what I've therefore had in my head, you know, always loving libraries, always wanted to be a librarian, and always having this thought of, oh, I, I do a degree, and then I go on and do a postgraduate qualification of some kind. And and did you... Did you um, uh, decide before you started what... what type of librarian you wanted to be or did you did you uh, you know did you not have did you was it was it just librarianship or or was there a specific path you were heading along well I've always loved public libraries um when I was younger I volunteered in public libraries and then I worked in public libraries um alongside my A-levels um so I yeah I've always wanted to go into public libraries and what surprised me actually was going on the degree finding that I actually was also really interested in academic libraries much more than I might have initially have expected having come in thinking yes I'm going to go into public libraries that's absolutely what I'll do um I have become like much more open to the idea of working in other sectors just by being introduced and exposed to the really broad range of libraries that are out there even discovering like new kinds of libraries like law libraries and health libraries that hadn't really occurred to me before taking the degree so it has really kind of expanded my horizons but ultimately, public libraries is still kind of where my heart is. <laughs> well, we're going to have to work on you and get you into into school libraries. But this time, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but it's but it's interesting, is it? Because because you're saying about learning about other other areas of librarianship, and um, one of the things that I currently do is I'm a a SILIP mentor for people who do chartership. Which brings me really nicely onto my next guest speaker, who is Rachel, who is currently doing her chartership. Um, the reason that I mentioned the link was because, um, as a SILIP mentor, when people are doing their chartership, you're supposed to mentor people who are not in the same area of profession as you are. And I've come across some fascinating areas of librarianship that I was really unaware of so so I've mentored somebody from the the um uh health libraries a fascinating lady uh, doing all sorts of things that I had not even begun to imagine so so you know that's a wonderful thing about chartership is the fact that it does broaden your horizons and make you understand that there's more out there um, but enough from me. Rachel has been sitting quietly for a while now. Can you just um, introduce yourself, Rachel, and let us know who you are and what you do and and maybe tell us a little bit why you decided that chartership was a route for you? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Rachel Huskisson. Um, I've worked in school libraries for about six years now and prior to that for a short time in public libraries. 
um I my background is science actually I have a biology degree and then I took a 15 year break to bring up my family so this is kind of like my second career um and I found myself going from a library assistant in a school um, about three years ago into running a school library myself, a solo librarian, um, and fully aware of uh, all the gaps in my knowledge. So um was trying really hard to get CPD and stuff and, and learn a bit more about what I needed to do. And during that time, I signed up to mentorship with the SLA and had a great mentor from the School Library Association. Um, and it was her, really, who kind of encouraged me to consider chartership and um, because I was kind of doing a lot of it anyway. Um, and it seemed to really fit with my life. You know, I've got kids at home. I was working part time, so I did have a bit of time to do it. But I could really tailor it to my needs and the specific areas that I felt I was lacking in, in the new school I was in. So, yeah, that's that's why I did it. And I've forgotten you... what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, why you why you decided that you wanted to do the chartership? But I but yeah I sort of covered that a little bit. Has it been because you've 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 submitted your chartership now? Is that the, the I'm, no? I'm not quite there. Oh, I've you got, did. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping by the end of next week to um, get it submitted. But yeah, I'm very close and. But feeling feeling really positive so yeah good so tell us a little bit about the journey of chartership what has it what has it meant and what what does what have you had to do for it okay so uh for those of you who don't know it's it's run through SILIP <clears throat> there were three different levels and chartership's the middle one um and basically you look at your um skills and knowledge base there's this whole thing called the PKSB and pick out areas to show that you're improving your knowledge and understanding in those areas and the way you do that is through a portfolio so you have to create evidence that you you're your knowledge has improved and your skills and how you apply it there's a lot of reflective writing um you you do an evaluative statement and then you tie in all these pieces of evidence and there are three criteria um so it's like personal it's it's how you work within your organization and then the wider profession um so it's been fascinating really and I've learned loads about mainly mostly about the wider profession because I've just come through this kind of narrow route of school libraries and yeah. you know don't have a lot of knowledge beyond so that's been really interesting to try and find ways of learning more about them and um, yeah it's it's been good okay so the, the critical evaluation side of it I thought has, has was always useful for me I think that I found that that it it's that reflective writing was such a big mm. deal, wasn't it? it it's, yeah. it's, it's such a different thing. Um, yeah, and it didn't come naturally. It took me, it's taken me a lot of like, how do I do this? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's... And uh, also, you know, sorry, go on. Go on, no, no, go on. I was just going to say the, the biggest sort of takeaway for me has been how you demonstrate to your organisation the impact you're having. So... I, I'm quite creative. I come up with lots of ideas. But what this has taught me is that there's no point doing that stuff if it doesn't tie in with the school aims and the organisation aims. And that is, um, I think, for school libraries in particular, is so important because of the current climate and, 
you know, we're constantly having to justify what we're doing. And if you can provide really good evidence and show your impact, then it's really valuable. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It is certainly one of the things that I think is 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 truly so it, it's good for you as well as. Yeah. Uh, you know for, for progression it's 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 a big thing i'm just going to bring crystal back in because she's got a hand up oh thank you i just really want to reiterate what rachel just said there she's just made an absolutely brilliant point about demonstrating the impact and the value of whichever route is taken and it's definitely been something that i've had to think about because i think i I took it a bit for granted, really, because in my mind, it was like, okay, we're going to get this cohort of people onto it, and then they're going to come out with with this level three qualification. Then one day I was like, but then so what? What do I do for these people? How do I help them move on to the next stage of their career? So as an employer myself, I have to really, really think about that and take that to heart. So I just, yeah, I just really wanted to underline Rachel's point. Absolutely. And I think it is it is important, isn't it, is the fact that whichever route you take, you are it is about progression. It is about professional development. Um, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of problem out there at the moment that you know we came through. We came through COVID, didn't we? Where where there seemed to be absolutely an avalanche of professional development, um, and it was almost too difficult to know what to choose. And now we seem to have gone back into that, especially for school librarians. I feel that that it's far more difficult to get away to do something. Um, so, so how do you then give yourself the time and how do you choose what's important? And I think, you know, all the different areas of, of, of education for librarians is, is a brilliant opportunity for everybody to, to decide what it is that they're going to do. Um, I want to push a question out to all four of you. Um, that was one of my first questions that I forgot to ask. But why, I'm going to ask each of you, why do you think it's a good idea to have a professional qualification? There's a lot of people out there that that think that, and, and quite rightly so in some cases, do you know that, that you can move into a job? We're going to talk about school librarians. You can move into a job. You can learn on the job. Why do you need to have a qualification? What is it about the qualification that, is important or why does it make a difference can i start with um Bryony? i'll put i'll put it out to you first yeah thank you uh, it, i mean it's, it's it's an important question because every year i'm just full of admiration uh, for those who give up the time and money to study you know um it's a huge commitment it's a lot of work and you need to know that it's going to be worthwhile um i so the sort of easy answer here is that if you do um, a professional qualification um, such as a master's um, degree, you are developing both the breadth and the depth. So, you know, as, as we've discussed already, you can come into the course with no experience of a particular sector and as Corin was saying, you, you can leave with a completely different perspective. You know, I, I went in having worked in academic libraries and left completely convinced that public libraries were for me. And it's that kind of, you know, exposure to other sectors that you gain. But you also gain the theoretical perspective, the understanding of why things are as they are. And, and you know, so 
topics that we're discussing in class at the moment, things like, you know, why it's important to understand the political context if you're going to be um, a practicing, a practitioner, um, questioning the neutrality of libraries. What what does neutrality mean? Looking at ethics and how they're, um, how they're sort of developed and how we can apply those in the workplace. So that's the sort of thing. So yes, you can get a lot of that on the job. Of course you can. Um, and and in many cases, you can develop more effectively, but but it, it is one route. And I would never say this is the only route to become a professional librarian, but it is a very effective route, you know, for those who engage with it and, and specialise. And, you know, you can you can really and I speak personally, having done it, you can really develop some new um, ways of thinking that you can then apply in the workplace. But, yeah, I I am not ever going to say it's the only way to become a professional librarian. No, thank you. That it, it is it's certainly the, the degree route and the chartership route certainly gave me a much broader perspective on on the different areas apart from anything else of, of librarianship as well as as well as ways of thinking. So you're you're you know it, it's a you know it's coming to studying you know I, I personally I came to studying later in life as well and and having not been particularly um, academic at school I think when you find your passion it makes such a difference to to what it is that you what you end up falling into or falling into as I did um, but yeah okay so let me bring Crystal back and ask you the same question why do you think it's a good idea to have a professional qualification well, I can't really build on that previous answer. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? When you first asked that question, Elizabeth, um, the one word that came to mind, and I keep circling back to this lately, is the word ethics. There's a reason that ethics is at the heart of the PKSB, and it's a reason that you will find it on any degree course, any chartership route, any apprenticeship route. That is the absolute core of what we do. And the reason I say that um, in my context at the moment as someone who now works in public public libraries we are absolutely fighting for our lives like we never have before it's very scary and you have to make choices and you're having to make choices around things like fundraising and how you expand your offer and sometimes it's you're tempted to do certain things because you think okay that will see us through to the next bit but then you think well actually is that the ethical thing to do is that the right thing for our communities and I think what I found um, taking the degree and I'm currently doing my fellowship at the moment is grounding myself back in our ethical reason for doing what we do and I'm so glad Bryony spoke about neutrality it's an absolute myth it doesn't exist and so we have yeah. to be able to to challenge that and be able to challenge that with a wealth of knowledge and understanding and experience um to sit behind that so yeah Absolutely. that's where i am i would agree i think i think certainly the the qualification has given me the ability to or or feel that i can speak with authority <coughs> but also given me the ability to know how to keep learning and to keep progressing in a way that I probably possibly wouldn't have done without it. Um, it's a difficult question to ask, Corin. Um, but but why do you think a professional qualification is important to you? I think is the is the question. To me personally, it was kind of the chance to look into the theory and ideas behind librarianship. 
So having worked, like done some work in a public library, there was a big difference between what I gathered on that job versus being able to actually sit down and have those discussions, you know, as Bryony was saying, having the like time and energy that is dedicated to just doing that. Uh, because obviously when working, you know, on a job in a library, I was too busy serving customers to have an in-depth discussion about, you know, the relationship between libraries and social justice or whatever. Absolutely. So I think actually having that that arena where I was able to sit down with peers who were also developing their ideas to just discuss things. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of where a lot of progress happened in terms of being able to push the boundaries of thinking in the realm of ideas where it's, it wouldn't necessarily be practically possible in my job. Um, and then now when I go on into a, a new job, I'm able to take those ideas and sort of put them into my work. And I just feel like having that professional qualification um, has really elevated my understanding of librarianship and therefore hopefully my practice. What a fantastic answer, Corin. Thank you so much. I think it's what you've highlighted, especially for school librarians who work on their own, is that it's very difficult to to have that professional qualification a professional discussion with anybody because you know yeah like you say you're doing your day job um and actually understanding what there is out there and what what else you can do is not possible necessarily on on a day-to-day um uh yeah on a day-to-day Today, today. What am I talking about? It's late. Anyway, let me bring <laughs> Rachel back in because I'm talking rubbish. Um, Rachel, obviously you're in the position where you have chosen the chartership route. Why was the professional qualification important? Um, and obviously I've just waffled on about the fact that you're on your own. <laughs> how, have you, how have you managed to make sure that you're, you're getting the information that you need? Um, it's that it's that thing of networking, isn't it? Um, that, like um, Corinne was just saying, being able to share ideas with other people. So, finding the CPD um, and engaging with, I don't know, webinars, all sorts of things. You have to be quite creative, but it's just been so valuable to be able to sort of share ideas, develop ideas through that network of other school librarians, um, and and so important as you say because I'm working on my own I don't get to to do that at all um day to day so that's definitely been a really big plus um why was it do you think you would have done that without the chartership though or do you think it's the chartership I think I think I would have done but I think this has pushed me a little bit to be more focused and um, I mean, just going back to that ethics thing, a big part of my evidence um, is I've, I've done a piece on ethics and values and I've learned so much through that. Um, and just being able to understand it more deeply and consider some of those concepts. And I, I was going to say it, it's led to me being much more aware of how I then pass that on to other like pay it forward kind of thing so from doing the ethics and values piece I really was struck by the, the part about public benefit which is one of the the um, framework pieces um, and what that meant and it did lead me to then apply to uh, join the committee for the great school libraries campaign for example and I would never yeah. have done that if I wasn't doing this, because I would never have had the confidence to think that I had anything to contribute. And I think it's only through doing 
the chartership that I've developed the confidence to think actually yes I have got I've learned something and now I'm ready to kind of hopefully pass that on to other people and you know yeah absolutely does that make sense it does does. you know that that's one of the reasons that I became a mentor is the fact that it's that payback isn't it Mm -hmm. is that is that that it is it is important that we that we pass on that learning that we encourage others to do more of the same because actually the more qualified librarians sat in school libraries the better it is for everybody do you know it's it's an important um profession and and we all need to uphold it in the best way that we can you know in whatever way we can um i'm just going to pause just a second um there are other people on the call this evening if you have a burning question in the next five minutes or so um please request to speak um i will invite you up um, you know, if you'd like to ask any of our speakers a question, um, then please feel free to do so. This is your opportunity. It doesn't happen very often that we have so so many people that can answer all sorts of questions online, but we do tonight. So if you're brave enough and want to have ask anything or, or comment on anything, then please feel free to do so. Um, before I finish off tonight, unless, of course, there's somebody else that wants to say something while I continue to waffle. Um, uh next session that we're running is on the is on the 21st of November and we're going to be discussing making the most of your digital resources um so we are going to come back again in a couple of weeks time and have a discussion um about digital resources and and how you can use them within your library um oh there are people with hands up that's good okay so I'm not going to waffle go on then Sabrina come and join us tell me something well, I just want to say thank you to everyone because I'm per- probably the least qualified person on this call tonight. I have a primary education degree from 10 years ago. No, probably longer than that now, actually. Um, and I've I've been a library assistant for three years. I took over as manager at the beginning of this year and I've literally been learning on the job. I did some training with Barbara Band over lockdown and now I'm doing all this work with Elizabeth, which is fantastic. And I'm just sitting here feeling almost a bit of a fraud because you guys have done all these qualifications (laughs) and I just feel like no so thank you for so many options for me to go and choose now on how to carry on doing my qualifications thank you well the fact that Sabrina that you're on this call and you are co-hosting with this it means that you're you're already in heading in the right direction um um can I bring Ruth in yeah absolutely um I just wanted to say i'd forgotten how what an interesting subject it is i am so involved in the day-to-day and you know this is my fortnightly chance to put my head up and actually think about the profession and it's really lovely to hear people talk about it and be passionate about it and and be outside the kind of nitty-gritty of it but also um i was thinking about how these Uh, different qualifications are viewed by the outside world and whether they are understood and I uh, my parallel in my mind is accountancy and all the different levels of accountancy and whether you're a chartered accountant or a certified accountant whether you work whether you're a management accountant or advice you know I don't know all the things that you can be Um, and whether we have a similar situation and whether that's understood because my concern is that I've got a master's, I've got my chartership, I haven't 
breached fellowship yet. Um, but I, I'm not sure that that is valued by the outside world. And while I'm all for all sorts of different routes into the profession, those are only valuable routes if outside, you know, if employers understand that I'm offering something more to them than uh, is being offered by uh, somebody who isn't yet qualified. Um, and I don't think I don't think we've got that message across somehow. Um, and yeah. certainly in school librarianship. I, I must agree. I you know I have to agree with you. Crystal's got her hand up. I wonder if you can if you um, are able to to uh, have you got an opinion on on what Ruth has just said, Crystal? I've always got an opinion, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> actually my first point was just going to say to Ruth what an absolute outstanding point um there's you know there's only so much point to having these qualifications um if if they're not recognized by people I haven't cracked that I'm still working on that you know I'm still working not just on the qualification side but actually the value of libraries itself but I think the more that we shout about it the more that we demonstrate you know what a material difference these different routes into the profession make the better um, and also, I'm going to have to tell Sabrina off for doing herself down because that was going to be my second point. Um, I've got a real thing about women in the workplace, women in leadership. And don't ever talk yourself down, Sabrina. I think, you know, from what I've heard of you, you're just so, you know, you, you belong in this space. And yeah, any, anyone on the call ever saying they're a fraud, I'm going to come after you because you're not a fraud. You're here for a reason. OK, <laughs> we're all on different <laughs> parts of our journeys. <laughs> And um, the final point I just wanted to make really quickly, it was actually a practical point that I didn't raise before, just about the apprenticeship. And in order to move on to the endpoint assessment, you have to be able to show that you have a recognised qualification at level two in English and maths. Or if you don't, you have to go through an additional endpoint assessment to attain those qualifications. And that can be a bit scary for people to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I still have nightmares of GCSE maths exams. Um, it's not. They will walk you through it. And we've had experience of that with some um, of our folks over here. But it, it is one of those practical things just to keep in mind. But if you've got like your GCSE qualification certificate somewhere, then you're fine. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. It's, it's so good to have so many different options and so many different routes. And like you say, we all have imposter syndrome. And I think we all need a crystal around to tell us to, to book our ideas up and, and, and value our own worth. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a, that's my, my phrase for this evening. We all need a crystal. Um, can I just bring um, Bryony in for, for, you know, one last, you know, how would you like to, to finish off tonight's chat? What would you, have you got any words of wisdoms that you can part us with? Wow, that's quite a, a, a tall order, isn't it? Words <laughs> of wisdom. I don't think I've ever had any words of wisdom. Oh, there I go again, doing, doing the woman thing. <laughs> So, well, I think I think there's there's a there are a lot of preconceptions, aren't there? There are preconceptions in our professions. There are preconceptions about our degrees and what they are. Um, there's there's definitely preconceived ideas about school library um, work, and you know, as I said before, the number of of students that I keep in contact with who work in school libraries and are still infuriated at the, the some of the barriers that continue to be there in terms of how they work with the schools and how how they are perceived and all of that but I think 
the main thing is it's about what you get from this process so um honestly this is genuinely true and and I know people always say I just today I had a call but I genuinely had a call today and it's from one of last year's students and um she had finished she's finished the the part-time program and came on and she said I just wanted to say that I've got a new job and and this often happens I'm often told you know we keep in touch with people they say what jobs they've got and she said I I have a job because I had a job before I came on the program and you know I already was working and she said but what what it's done is it's made me so much more assertive in that job so I think one of the things that you said before about what what do you get from it and what she has managed to do is negotiate a completely different position um, much more responsibility more money Um, and she said that's because of the the confidence that that this has given her and that's what she's taken from the course it's not what we've provided she has done that herself by working through it so I think it is something about whatever route we choose to take here it's about what we're putting into it and you know and students like Horin who were you know fantastic and had loads of brilliant ideas but could equally have just finished the course ticked a box and gone away but it's about making that contribution throughout the year and you know really looking for opportunities to join things to take part in things to volunteer at things to sit in on meetings all those kind of things it's all there for the taking but that doesn't answer your original question of how (laughs) how we then make people recognize how important we are um so there we are yeah there's a lot of there is a lot of hard work left to do isn't there there really is yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's the fact that we need to be brave enough. We need to understand our own worth and, and we need to ask. Um, I think the fact that, you know, Crystal said, you know, it's a very woman thing. Um, I do have an example of, of a man going for a school library job that was term time only. Um, and he talked himself into into a head of department role. Um, I think if you understand the value that you bring um, and your your worth, you have more chance. So, so my message out there is for anybody who who you know feels that they deserve more. We need to start asking. We need to start saying it's time that actually I'm appreciated as a as a school librarian as a professional person and um that's a great way to finish this evening <laughs> so um thank you all so much for your time um it it this these kind of sessions do not work without people giving up their time freely um i want to thank crystal corin briny and rachel for for giving us such an outline of of what it's like to to go through their different routes of qualification i hope that we've inspired a few people to to think and of how they they can move forward if you're looking for professional development here's the plug i am an independent trainer and advisor and you can you can join my membership um i'm really cheap (laughs) okay so thank you so much um for joining me this evening um, we are at eight o'clock. How wonderful is that? Have a really nice evening and hopefully we'll see you in a couple of weeks time talking all about digital resources.
Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night. Bye.